Today on The Ticker Tapes, we hear from Leslie, whose life took an unexpected turn when she was diagnosed with vascular dementia at age 50. I was at an intersection with all the lights on every side and I'm looking at the lights, waiting to go across. It was red. I looked up again and it was green, but it was the green for the right side of me, not for the traffic going in my direction. And I just confused that and stepped off and I nearly got knocked over. Um, someone was behind me and they actually dragged me back. So I was shaken up for days. I just didn't want to come out of the house. From the British Heart Foundation, I'm Bill Snadden. And on the ticker tapes, we hear from people living with heart and circulatory conditions. On this episode, Leslie, now 59, talks to me about the denial she fell into after her diagnosis and how she's found a way of living with a condition that currently has no cure. Leslie, can you tell me about uh, the mini stroke that you had in your office back in 2011? Yes, um, that was the second mini stroke I had and I had this terrible sharp pain in my head and I was turning to a colleague for assistance and she just pointed out the fact that my face is distorted and um, they rang for an ambulance straight away and I was taken to the stroke centre in the London Euston Hospital. Um, after the tests and everything, they confirmed that, yes, it was a mini stroke. And, um, as a result of that stroke, I had some lesions on the brain, which, um, which caused, uh, vascular dementia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the specialist told you that this mini stroke that you had, had led to your diagnosis of vascular dementia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you remember of that day when you were diagnosed with vascular dementia? I understand that happened sometime after the mini-stroke. The, the only word that kept um, recurring in my brain was dementia. I only associated that with old people. And um, I, was, I was probably about 50 at the time. Uh, so I didn't really focus on it. I, I was in denial for years, actually. But... After I got home, I realized that my life wouldn't be the same again because I kept getting people calling up to confirm and to book appointments, memory clinic, all different people were calling, getting in touch to book appointments to see me, to make wills and stuff like that. So it was a bit scary. As I said, I was in denial. You know, I just thought it's something that would just pass. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were you were telling yourself that you would get better. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's not until after I realised that it's a progressive illness. Leslie, can you tell me about your life before your vascular dementia diagnosis? Uh, before my diagnosis I was a very hard-working person I loved my job I was in admin and I uh, I had quite a few colleagues that re- depended on me 
on a, on a daily basis. I I was really struggling with not working anymore after I realized that um I had it's best that I stopped working. I had hobbies. I loved going to bingo. I loved socializing. I loved entertaining. All that just stopped. Mm. And what about travel? Um, I used to like going on holidays um, with the family. I just don't anymore. For I'm more housebound now. Mm. Because of the dementia? Because of the dementia, yes. I've had some experiences that myself, I wasn't as um, confident as I used to be. And do you miss parts of your old life? Very much, yes, I do. Yeah. Which one's the most? I miss the socialising aspect of it mostly. Going out and having fun, dancing, meeting different people. Mm. And you went back to work, didn't you, after your diagnosis because you didn't want to admit to yourself that you had this condition. Can you tell me about those first few weeks and months when you went back to work after the diagnosis? Yes, I did go back. And um, to be honest with you, I did not tell anyone about that diagnosis. Apart from being in denial, I was a bit embarrassed. But obviously, I knew that my, my work was suffering because my memory was not the same. I wasn't able to focus. I wasn't able to problem solve as I used to be. I came to a point where I just had to accept the fact that, yeah, something is definitely wrong. Mm. I was double booking or forgetting to book really important meetings and and deliveries and stuff. And uh, I ended up having people carrying me work-wise. So I had to speak to the, the manager eventually and explain what my situation was. And um, they were very, very good, very supportive and um, allowed me time to decide what I needed, what I wanted to do, what was best for me. And um, we worked alongside each other until the health authorities decided, yeah, I, I needed to just stop working. Was it a, a GP or a specialist that ultimately signed you off? The GP did, yeah. The GP decided it's best that I just stopped working after tests and meetings with the memory clinic, memory service and uh, different agencies and organizations. After they read their results and stuff, they realized that, yeah, it's best I just, just relax for a bit. Can you tell me what it was like to lose that meaning and purpose in your job once you had to retire at age 50? It was devastating. I still miss it <laughs> up to this day. I miss going out every day and doing something productive and meaningful, you know, and providing for my family the way I used to. Because we, we were quite close from all departments. We I was known as Auntie Leslie at work. 
Hmm. Yeah. So from the from the boss, the CEO, come right down to the drivers, Auntie Leslie. That's the sort of relationship I had at work. I still get calls from some of them. I even um well not not Christmas gone, but the Christmas before and pre previous to that, they called me up to come to staff dinner and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So you still mean a lot to them. Yes, I still keep in touch with a few few people there. And can you tell me how your vascular dementia expresses itself in your everyday life? I can attest to the fact that it is a progressive illness because I've gradually noticed that certain things are worse and worse and worse as the time goes on. But um, on an everyday level, it's just, I, I, I keep saying when anyone asks how I am, I keep saying I have good days and I have bad days. There are days when I don't know my head from a foot. <laughs> And there are days when I'm very um, sharp, you know. What does a bad day look like? A bad day is a day where I'm filling out a form or I'm signing up something and I'm pausing to write my name or my date of birth. That's a bad day for me. Mm -hmm. When I realize, oh, um, that's my date of birth again. Yeah. And how long might you be thinking about your date of birth? It could be minutes. I'll probably have to leave what I'm doing in relation to that and come and then come back to it. Do you get frustrated with yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Many times. Um, even my daughters tend to say, um, it's okay, mom, it's okay. Just don't worry about it. It's all right. Just leave it. And have you learnt ways to cope with uh, your frustration? Yes, yes. I actually saw a psych... Um, uh, what's the word? A psychologist? Not psychologist. A therapist? Psychotherapist, yes. A psychotherapist. Yes, yes. I had some sessions with a psychotherapist a couple of years ago just to deal with all of it. Mm. With your vascular dementia, does it give rise to wider emotional issues? Um, And if so, are you able to talk to me about that? It's difficult to discuss how I'm feeling at any one time, just to anyone who hasn't uh, uh, thought of what dementia is all about. It's so difficult. Um, You have an idea of what it's about because you work in that field. Um, It was difficult even with family members to express my feelings in regards to how I'm feeling regarding um, dementia or what my feeling was or what's going to happen I I was in denial for a good while but I think some of my family members were in denial as well if you were to describe vascular dementia to me now Mm. how would you express it it's really frustrating Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm And tell me about 
um, the day-to-day things around the house, um, yeah. cooking and, and things like that? I'm okay now. I've had some issues the past few years. I've actually had to have um, gas alarm and extra smoke alarm installed in the house because I was forgetting to turn off the cooker. I was burning, cooking. I remember one day I went to shopping at Asda and um, while I was there, I was thinking, did I turn the cooker off? I just had a feeling I didn't. So I hurried up and finished and came back and I opened the door to the burning smell. I did not turn the cooker off. Thank God the burner wasn't turned up high and um, I was able to open the windows and the doors and get the smoke smell out. I, I take it the meal was ruined? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Beyond recognition. It was no way edible. What were you cooking? Do you remember? I can't remember now. But you've got the gas detectors fitted now. Yes, yes. And it's helped. Absolutely, yes. Okay. And Leslie, what do you like to cook? I love um, Caribbean traditional meals. I've gotten into um, Chinese cooking as well. Okay. Do you ever do a fusion? I have. I have, actually. I love wonton noodle soup. Mm-hmm. But I do it when, in the Jamaican way. I, I put certain uh, yam and stuff in it. Tubers mm-hmm. and um, pumpkin and stuff like that. It's almost lunchtime here, Leslie, and I can sense my stomach growling at me. We'll have to wrap this up very quickly. Um, are there other um, other dishes as well that you might like to uh, still cook I these love days? A roast, I love a roast pork, but I love to do a, a, a Sunday roast. But I'm not a beef. I don't really love beef or lamb, so I tend to do chicken or pork unless I have visitors. How have you been going with visitors during lockdown, during this COVID period? Um, I've been coping okay because since my diagnosis, I've been a homebody. And because of things that happen, incidents happen when I'm on the road, I just, I just stay home as much as I can, you know. So I haven't had a problem really. I've got a neighbor that if she's going to the shops, she'll phone and ask if I need anything. And um, my daughters tend to do a bit of shopping for me as well. So I don't really need to go out unless it's medical or, you know, something like that. Mm. So the last 10 years has prepared you quite well for this period. Yes, yes. Uh, that's a lovely way of putting it, yes. And Leslie, beyond your vascular dementia, you also live with high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes, and you've also had the three mini strokes. Um, you were born in Jamaica and came to the UK as a young girl, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And um, have doctors or specialists mentioned to you because of your Caribbean heritage that um, you might be more likely to develop uh, high blood pressure or have a stroke or develop type 2 diabetes? Yes, I was aware of this before the vascular dementia diagnosis. Um, 
I was aware that ethnic minorities um, are more more likely to develop these um, illnesses. Is it something that's discussed between you and your family or friends who are also um, from the Caribbean? Not really. It's it's something that we're just aware of. We're, you know, in my circle, it's just something that we're aware of. Um, as far as the hypertension and the diabetes, we are aware that is very prevalent in our ethnic community. But um, where, where dementia, vascular dementia, or like Alzheimer's and stuff like that, it's not discussed really. It's not really um, publicly discussed especially when I was growing up. It's more discussed now, but even then it's not as openly discussed as I think it should be. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I'm trying to make my myself being heard as a, as a representative from the ethnic minorities. As far as I knew when I was growing up, dementia was not even a word. It, when someone goes through the, this illness or phase, we see it as someone getting old or um, going crazy. <laughs> you know, it, it, dementia wasn't a word in my vocabulary when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. It's getting a bit better now, though, you say? Oh, yes, absolutely, yes. But there is still a reluctance to talk yes, about it. but it's more, it's more understood now. Where do you think the reluctance to talk about it comes from? I'm not sure. It's just something in our um, ethnicity that it's like a mental thing. Mm. Seen as a mental thing, really. And that is really shunned upon. Mm-hmm. Yes. And have you been shielding with your vascular dementia? I have, yes. Okay, so it's been tough not being able to see your daughters and your granddaughters as much. They come around, but um, they know they have to have their mask on in the house and they they have to sanitize the minute they come through the door. I've got my little setup on the on the stairs. As you come in, you just clean up and leave all your outdoor stuff in one area. All protocol observed. Yes, they've been very good so far. And um, how do you spend your days? I guess you've been living with this vascular dementia for the past 10 or so years. I tend to mostly do puzzles and quizzes and watch telly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. there music? Oh, yeah. What type of music? I love reggae music. I love old Motown style soul music. And um, I love jazz. Jazz is my number one. And how is your vascular dementia today compared to 10 years ago when you were diagnosed? Well, it's it's definitely more pronounced now. I'm, I've, I've had to be making notes in i've got a notepad in every room basically um i could be on the laptop um looking up something and 
a word comes up or another um, website name comes up and I have to write it down because by the time I come off of what I'm actually looking at, I'll forget the name of that product or, or website that I need to go to. I don't remember names so well. Mm-hmm. If my if my kids say, "Mom, um, you remember so and so used to go to school with that with me," and I haven't got a clue what they're talking about. And is there a moment, Leslie, a story that you can recall from when you've been out in the world and your vascular dementia has kicked in? Oh Lord, yeah, quite a few. One that stands out is I was in my local town one day i went to the butchers and um the arrangement was when i'm finished i was to call one of my daughters and they'd come and get me i finished at the butchers and was going to another shop and i was at an intersection with all the lights on every side and i'm looking at the lights waiting to go across it was red and then i saw I looked up again and it was green, but it was the green for the right side of me, for the traffic on the right side, not for the traffic going in my direction. And I just confused that and stepped off and I nearly got knocked over. Um, Someone was behind me and they actually dragged me back. So, you know, just incidents like that. I, I was shaken up for days. I just didn't want to come out of the house. I walked up a bit further and when I eventually crossed over, I went to a local um, chicken shop and sat down and, you know, just trying to get myself, my head together. And I rang my daughter to come and get me and explain what happened. It's like I was, I wasn't focusing on the right, angle of the lights i just got confused and i stepped out when i shouldn't my spatial awareness is really affected as well like um knowing when to step up and uh, if there's a a step or not um i have to be so careful when i'm going to unfamiliar places sometimes you'll think there's a step when there's not. Yes, or I'll step when I should have stepped down. Yeah, I've had falls because of that, actually. And you say after that incident with the traffic lights where you almost stepped out into the oncoming traffic accidentally and a a stranger pulled your arm back Mm -hmm. and effectively saved your life. Yeah, yeah. And after that, you went home and, and you didn't leave your home for a while. Oh, for a good while, I wouldn't come out. Are we talking weeks? Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. You really just shut yourself off because of the scare? Yep. My daughters were a bit concerned, but eventually they would just take me where I'm going and they tried to give me a bit of independence, but I prefer to just stay home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Not many people are getting public transport at the moment because of COVID, but um, in a pre-COVID world and in a post-COVID world, um, what's it like uh, getting public transport for yourself with your vascular dementia? 
well, before the pandemic hit us, I cut down on public transport traveling quite a bit. Um, I found that if I was going on a long journey on a train, I had to book assistance if I'm traveling on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, just for my own safety, because I do get confused when I'm in a stations. Unless a family member is is with me, I booked um, assistance. Mm. Is there another story that springs to mind of public transport where you're a bit flustered? Yes. Um, I was on the bus and um, the inspector came on. And was it a bus or a train? I, I can't remember if it was a bus or a train. And the inspector came on. They asked for my ticket and I got flustered. But I had a, a card that a dementia group affiliate gave me and um, I showed it to the inspector and they read it and they understood. They took their time and they went on to a few other passengers and then came back to me. What does it say on this card? Um, I suffer from dementia. Please have patience with me. Words to that effect. What's it like when you're on public transport there and you're having a bit of trouble finding your ticket and interacting with the um, the worker? What's going through your mind? And you can probably feel other people looking at you as well. Yeah, it, it can be very embarrassing, you know, because as you know, with dementia, it's not a visual thing. People can't look at you and know that you have dementia. So, you know, you, you're blubbering and flustering and chatting rubbish probably, but mm. it's difficult. But after a while, you sort of, I, I've gotten used to it and just try to stay calm and explain myself. So in those moments, you've got anxiety on top of the dementia. Yeah, exactly. So these little cards really come in handy. Mm-hmm. And they're called um, just-a-minute cards. It's a just-a-minute card, yes. Or jam. Jam. Uh, As in strawberry jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming back to your vascular dementia, mm. how does it affect your sense of time? Oh, I'm hopeless. I'm terrible at it. Um, my daughter will call and say, Mom, do you still want to go shopping? I'll say, yes. She say, okay, get ready now because I'm coming in half an hour. Will you be ready in half an hour? And I'll say, yeah, sure. Yeah, man. Half an hour is fine. Fine by me. And then I just get distracted because uh, my ability to focus is non-existent anymore. I get easily distracted. So I'll I'll say to myself or or whoever, yeah, half an hour. I'll get I'll be ready, and stuff like that. And uh, I I get distracted by a television program or um, dusting or <laughs> putting away laundry. Mm. And um, 
maybe I'll even be checking the time and say, yeah, I have half an hour, so yeah, I can finish this. But it just goes all over the place and then I'm not ready. And then your daughter shows up. Yes. Do you then remember the conversation you've had with her half an hour prior? Sometimes, yes. Most but of other the time. times I remember, but I cannot, I cannot explain why I'm not ready. And then how does your daughter react in those moments? Years ago, she would, she just wouldn't understand why I'm not ready after, you know, we spoke and all that and made the arrangement. But now what they, what they tend to do is they'll call mom, get ready half an hour. I'll be there. And in 10 minutes, she'll call again. Mom, are you getting ready? What have you done? Da, da, da. So it's more, it's like they're understanding more now. <laughs> my procedure, you know? My... Yeah, they're keeping you on track. Yes, yes. Does that get annoying, though, for you when, when you might say to them, I know, I know, stop calling me? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. But um, I, on the other hand, I understand that they're only doing it for my, you know, for my own good and theirs. Mm. Are there chunks of your memory that just disappear and, and then come back in other times? How does that work? Yes. Um, there are times when things just come back to me in detail that I haven't even remembered in years, you know. So there, there, and there, there are other things that if I'm doing a quiz, the answers just come to me like that. At because I do a lot of quiz and puzzles. Mm. And there are, there are other things that I just can't remember. Like what? I don't know. It, it can be just some simple details, simple things that a family memory or things that I've, I've done with my children and chunks of that just go missing. Yeah, that might be a silly question from me asking you, uh, what you can't remember. If I can't remember it, I can't remember it. Exactly. <laughs> Excuse my questioning. They, sometimes the girls would say, yes, mom, can't, don't you remember you did this for us? And you, you know, and, and I'd be guy. sometimes I say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't remember. I just don't want to let burst their bubble, you know. <laughs> Do you think they know you're pretending? <laughs> they know me so well. <laughs> I think they do. They know when I'm not being, you know, straight up. Yeah. Are there parts of your memory that in your mind are clearer than others? Yes. Yes. Certain things just stand out immediately. And does it mean, is that like your younger life is, is more clear or your middle life is more clear or yesterday is more clear? Um, It's more, it's more not so long ago because some of some of the more recent things i've done i i remember i remember okay but there are things that i did maybe six years five years that i struggled to re re, re remember you know mm -hmm. mm. do you talk about this with others who have vascular dementia yes yes do you sometimes. have similar stories with your memory or is it all a bit different 
it's usually different some every every everybody is different in what they can remember and what they can't Hmm. yeah yeah that's what i've found that uh, anyway mm. Okay. And tell me about the support that your two daughters provide you. oh they've been very good very supportive um as i said they'll do my shopping for me if if necessary if necessary and when necessary and uh, they'll help with my the upkeep of my home and all that and if I have a really bad day I can call and say please stay on the line with me for a bit or they'll come round you know and your three granddaughters can you tell me about them oh they, they keep me going I, I just live for the day the time of the day when i can give them a video call and have a laugh and chat yeah they keep me going sure mm. and how old are they and what are their names you've got camelia who is 10. uh saraya she is going to be eight next couple of weeks and um Kaylee, she's going to be two in September. And over the years, how have they managed with your vascular dementia? I think, well, Camelia is the one that grew up mostly with it because um, when I got diagnosed, yeah, she she just don't want to know that I'm um ill but she's coming to coming around to the fact that i have uh, a problem you know and we talk about it sometimes hmm. i remember the first time she actually actually was willing to talk about it was not last year the year before uh someone came into her school to discuss um dementia and she was um she was able to say well my my nana has dementia and oh she was very popular for for a few days after that at school by the way okay so your dementia made her popular <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it has its benefits Leslie. <laughs> And Soraya, who's eight, how does she relate to your vascular dementia? She asks questions about it, and I just tell her, as, explain as best as I can. And her mum. Mm -hmm. So she's yeah. more open about it with you? She's more open about it because she is used, she's a patient of Great Ormond Street Hospital, um, she had open heart surgery when she was months old, so <laughs> she's familiar with uh, medical stuff and, you know, she's seen me with mask and because I sleep with a CPAP machine and she's familiar with that. So, we, you know, we talk and laugh about stuff like that. And you also have type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure. 
and you you've had three mini strokes um, mm-hmm. and then the vascular dementia on top of that have doctors or specialists mentioned to you how some of these conditions might be connected or linked yes um the person who actually brought my attention to the to link between some of the issues i've got was my psychotherapist and um that's when i realized that um because i do have some i have mobility issues i'm waiting for two um i'm waiting for two knee replacements so i don't get around very well and um because of my obesity and some of the mental issues it can be connected to my my vascular dementia diagnosis leslie how has your mental health been over the past 10 years since your vascular dementia diagnosis oh it it hasn't been i went through a phase where i had to get some help to deal with um accepting the fact that i was diagnosed with vascular dementia and um other things as well was there any mention of depression and anxiety over this period yes if i may ask how the anxiety might express itself in in everyday life um there are times when i just don't um want to see anyone or speak to anyone i went through a phase where i just shut myself away and it took me a while to get out of that phase and the psychotherapist helped with this yes very much so yes were there other factors that helped Yes, I was, um, I started to go to Aquafit and um, I met someone who, I heard them talking about dementia group and um, I stuck my nose in their conversation (laughs) and got some information about a dementia group that um, I could go to and uh, that totally changed how I was dealing with the social aspect of my dementia because um, it we used to go like every Monday we would have exercises uh, a meal games you know just interact um, we would have um, outings and stuff like that and that's where i got involved with um oh i think that's where i met you actually mm, i think we met at a uh, a church christmas lunch um oh yes for and it was a group of people living with um various types of dementia dementia yes yes stages that's right and i remember you educating me on the food that i was eating as i wasn't oh, sure what was some I? Of it was yes <laughs> You're a very handy um, guest to be sitting next to, Leslie, <laughs> I must say. Yes, so um, that group really, really dragged me out of um, 
out of a really bad place, actually. Leslie, you mentioned when we spoke a while ago that there have been times when you said, I felt like I was just waiting to die, and you told me, how long is this going to go on for? Yes, I remember the, those days. Um, those were the days after I came to accept the fact that, yes, I do have dementia. And yes, I'll be living, I could be living with it and all that comes along with it for a good while. But um, it doesn't have to be that way. So I started meeting people and interacting with people who knew about what it's all about. And um, I started to look at life differently. And um, I have realized that it doesn't have to be that way. I don't have to live in self-pity and wallow in it. And So that acceptance was crucial for you? Yes, very much so. And how do you view life now? Well, as I, I just take one day at a time. I, I just try to do what I need to do to cope with it in a more um, positive way. Mm -hmm. And to be there for your granddaughters? Absolutely, yes. They're, they're my number one <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I love my girls so much. Mm -hmm. And Leslie, what might you say to other people who have been diagnosed with vascular dementia and uh, are feeling low like you were. Yeah. Don't be afraid of seeking help and accept, um, accept any um, support you can get. Try not to be negative as well because that just takes away any time you have to live a, a normal life as much as possible with with your diagnosis. There are many agencies, many, many, many ways you can get advice, help and assistance to cope with living with dementia. Just try to get through to the right people and you can get some help. Um, now, I realise that uh, it is still winter, but the sun is shining out there, and mm. um, and I think you said you're off to do some gardening. Yes, yes. I'm hoping to just um, prune up some plants and flowers and get ready for the spring. Lovely, and you might even put a bit of music on while you're gardening? Yes, that's my, that's my usual procedure, actually. What music are you thinking today? I think I'll go with some Bob Marley today. Good choice. Um, well, Leslie, thank you very much for talking with me, and um, I wish you all the very best. Okay, Bill, thank you so much. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode or are having suicidal thoughts, call the Samaritans on 116-123. Leslie's condition, vascular dementia, happens when blood supply to the brain becomes limited, meaning some parts of the brain don't get enough oxygen and nutrients 
and the brain cells begin to die, leading to a loss of brain function. Vascular dementia is the second most common type of dementia after Alzheimer's, and it affects around 150,000 people in the UK. There's currently no cure. If you're diagnosed with the condition, you can be prescribed medication to help control blood pressure, reduce the risk of developing blood clots, and bring down cholesterol levels if they're high. This can slow down the progression of the disease, but beyond this, there's nothing doctors can do yet. The BHF, however, is currently funding 11 million pounds into research that, we hope, will change this. If you've got any questions about your heart or circulatory health, call the BHF's heart helpline to speak with a nurse between nine to five on Monday to Fridays on 0300 330 3311 or email hearthelpline at bhf.org.uk. You'll also find useful information in the episode notes and on our website, bhf.org.uk. See you next time on The Ticker Tapes.